0: Hello everyone, welcome to a, what we're calling a very special episode of Vichy and Bosco. Uh, I'm Bosco. I'm Vishesh. And for our very first, very special episode, uh, we're actually going to be tackling something, well not tackling, uh, discussing, uh,
1: talking? Discussing is good. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I will go with discussing. Discussing something,
0: yeah, that is actually um, very, 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 close to me, like very uh, important in my life, something that actually affects my life uh, pretty heavily. Um, This week, uh, in the week of October, um, it is Obsessive Compulsive Disorder Awareness Week. And something that uh, I think people mostly know, but a lot are probably not super aware of, is that I am a person who suffers from Obsessive-compulsive disorder, and it's something that's affected me a vast majority of my life. I've had it for as long as I can remember, and uh, it, I've come to the point that I find it super important for me to be an advocate, not only for mental illness and mental disorders as a whole, but specifically for OCD, because uh, to this day, it's still a very misunderstood and stigmatized disorder that people just don't seem as well informed about uh, as they should be. And I do feel like as somebody who suffers from it, it's kind of not my duty, but my I feel it's the right thing for me to do to be outspoken about it and advocate for it. And that's why here we are. We're going to be talking about uh, obsessive compulsive disorder.
1: All right. Yeah. And I'll be here to uh, the way that this, the way that I think that uh, that I think this is going to work, more or less, is that uh, is that uh, Bosco, you will be kind of sharing your 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 unique perspective and experience uh, living with this disorder, and I will be kind of listening slash asking questions uh, to kind of uh, draw out some uh, to kind of draw out some thoughts and uh, debunk you know, in some cases, I guess debunk some myths about mm-hmm. uh the, about the disorder because um i you know there is a lot of misinformation and also just a kind of a lack of awareness on some people's parts around the intricacies of uh of living with ocd so yeah. um i am happy to uh, i'm happy to get the ball rolling unless you want to start with like a general definition of what of what ocd is for
0: sure I c- i'd be happy to uh and yeah yeah definitely you'll be playing kind of a moderator in this and you'll be uh, cracking my head open and letting all the juices spill out for you to just soak up. Um, Sounds
1: lovely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a, a big part of, a, I'm sure you could attest to this too, a big part of having a mental disorder is uh, you tend to lean more on uh, the dark side of humor.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yep. It's uh, it's what gets us through the day most of the time.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, so uh, just a brief rundown. So OCD, uh, which stands for obsessive compulsive disorder is uh, a debilitating mental illness, which affects roughly about 2% of the population. Uh, it's um, it's, it, it's a very complex disorder. It's, there's much more to it. Like there's it, I could talk about the basics of it and that wouldn't be enough because it, it it's so intricate. And so every single person who suffers from OCD suffers it differently. Like two people who have OCD do not suffer it in the same exact way. It's very different for every single person. Uh, But at the base, what every single person with OCD does suffer is intrusive thoughts. So that's the obsessive part of obsessive compulsive uh, disorder. Uh, These intrusive thoughts are very distressing. Uh, They're very sticky. Like it's hard to get rid of them. And it causes the OCD sufferer like really like high alert panic. Like we feel like we're in the most danger that we could possibly be in. And uh, other than people who suffer from pure OCD, uh, everyone else with OCD also suffers from compulsions. Now the compulsions are rituals, tasks, uh, actions. Uh, Sometimes it's mental compulsions uh, that the person does to relieve the anxiety from the intrusive thoughts. Um, This is a temporary relief because what ends up happening is the more you do the compulsions, the worse the OCD gets. Imagine OCD as if it was like a monster and the compulsions are its food. And the more you feed it with the compulsions, the bigger it grows. So the next time you're triggered by whatever causes the intrusive thoughts or the anxiety within the OCD, it gets a little harder to fight every time because you keep feeding the monster and making it grow. So the compulsions feed the anxiety and make it worse and feed the OCD and make it grow. So yeah, at the base, every single person who suffers, uh, it's intrusive thoughts. Uh, compulsive behavior to relieve the anxiety, which is usually just a temporary l- relief. And then that cycle kind of recycles and uh, it keeps going and going. So that's the very, very basic way I could describe it. Uh, obviously, I have it very differently than somebody else who has it. And of course, as we go on, I'll go into more detail about what that is. But yeah, at the base, that's basically the very basic way I could describe it.
1: <laughs> okay. And I guess how, well, I guess how my, my, you kind of answered my, you answered my first question very early on, which is what is the difference between obsession and compulsion for, I guess, anybody who doesn't know, but um, I would, I guess what I would lead further than with then is, um, uh, well, how can you like, what are the different ways, uh, what are the different ways you could treat OCD and if you'd use, if therapy is the best answer, then what what forms of therapy typically tend to work and what's the best one that's worked for you
0: okay so this is a proven fact erp exposure response prevention therapy is the best method of fighting ocd and it's the only it's not the only but it's basically the one that like if you want to fight the ocd you have to do it you have to do exposure response prevention therapy and at the base it's basically like facing your fears that's essentially what the the therapy is you face the thing that is causing you the anxiety so you expose yourself to it and then you prevent a response for as long as possible so you prevent yourself from doing the compulsion for as long as you possibly can uh the goal with this is that when you expose yourself to the uh, to what's created making you anxious to your obsession to like the the intrusive thoughts Uh, you're going to get a spike in anxiety and the idea is to sit in it for as long as you possibly can and bring that anxiety down. So uh, usually when I'm in therapy, the thing I do is we have this thing, we do like a hierarchy of anxieties and we give them, it's called suds. Uh, That's basically the amount of anxiety it gives us on a scale of like zero to 100. So for me, the things that are like super top anxiety are going to have like a suds level of 100 but then there's a lot of minor things that you know um that i'll write down so maybe there's something that like oh i'm not comfortable with that that gives me a 60 so when you're doing therapy the goal is to start with the things that give you lower anxiety first okay this thing gives you a 60 expose yourself to that and Uh, Sit in it for as long as possible, uh, to the point that maybe you'll instead, maybe if it's still a little strong, you might do the compulsion, but do it when the anxiety has dropped to a level that is comfortable enough for you, compared to doing the compulsion when I'm at a peak level of anxiety, right, because that's when it feeds it the most, Um, or The the ideal way would be just don't do the compulsion at all and basically get to the point that the intrusive thought eventually does leave your head, which anyone with OCD could tell you that is so hard to do sometimes, Mm. like, especially when you're facing something that is really, really like strong like if i hit like one of my like let's say i'm like an 80 or 90 level like that's a really difficult one to fight and sometimes it's 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 really hard to like sit in it and like allow yourself to like get to that point but the goal is when you're tackling the stuff at the bottom and it because it's much easier to tackle you're kind of like gaining like the way i always see it is that imagine like you're in a video game and the highest anxiety one the 100 one is like the final boss in the video game you're not gonna as a player you're not gonna go straight to the level
1: final boss right away right no you're gonna grind and level up until you have enough exactly you have enough strength and hp to go tackle the final boss
0: exactly so what you do is you tackle the smaller things first and you gain in level and until you get to that point that you could reach that level that when you are fighting the final boss you are able to like face it and fight it so that's that's basically what like with the hierarchies like when you write that down that's what it helps you do it helps you kind of gain in level to be able to get to like the the thing that's like re- that triggers you the most you know
1: okay so if so let's so let's say you're dealing with an object of whatever's making you anxious and it's at level 100 what are some of the ways that you would like what are some of the methods you would use or try to get it down to a level where you might feel comfortable expose it trying this yeah. trying to expose yourself to it and seeing how long you can
0: so there's a lot of
1: compulsive right. behavior
0: um, well the main thing is don't do the compulsion right away that's mm-hmm. uh, that's the big one um, i have mantras too stuff like uh, embrace the discomfort uh embrace okay. so uncertainty is a huge we'll get into that a little after but like doubting and uncertainty is a big part of what creates the intrusive thoughts and the anxiety and OCD mm. but so I have mantras like embrace the uncertainty uh embrace the discomfort um you know there, there's uh, I I also um I I have like writing exercises that I do where I have like these bubbles and I'm like what triggered it uh, what's mm-hmm. the interpretation, what's the intrusive thought, what's the interpretation of that intrusive thought, uh, what am I feeling right now, what's the, um, what kind of compulsions am I doing right now, you know, how do I feel physically, like, they're, they're, and, you know, writing it down and seeing it, like, really helps a lot, but in a situation where I can't write it down, um, obviously, like, reminding myself it's just a thought, it's just a thought, uh, trying to remind myself not to have any emotional connection to the thought, uh, mm-hmm. trying to force myself to just, keep doing what I'm doing, uh, keep going on with my life in the moment. Um, And yeah, and doing those mantras of like embrace the discomfort, embrace the uncertainty, stuff like you don't need to know. uh, Like there's a lot of that and distractions, obviously distractions, like mental focusing your energy and your attention on something else, usually helps. So like for me, you know, because like if I give my mind something like a puzzle or something that like takes a lot of mental energy to do, it's like, it's a really good distraction because it's taking my mind away from it and brings down the anxiety, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it really helps if you have a really good support system, if you're with people that know how to handle you and they're able to kind of pull you away from it and bring your anxiety down like help that are able to support you through bringing the anxiety down that obviously helps a lot because i'm sure you can attest to this too if you're with people who make you really stressed out and it, it that's not going to help
1: <laughs> no god no <laughs> in fact um, just the opposite it makes it worse
0: yeah exactly uh before i go on i should probably specify okay um i do want to say like Uh, I should probably just to help matters along while I'm explaining, like what uh, what uh, theme I have in OCD because OCD has many themes and everyone who suffers suffers a different theme and there's a huge wide variety of themes um, that go with it. Uh, I have contamination OCD, which is Mm -hmm. one of the more um, common ones uh, that someone with OCD might have, and it's the one that you know everyone always thinks about when they think of OCD because my compulsions involve disinfecting and cleaning and uh, all that stuff, which is what we always think about when we think of OCD. Uh, But my contamination OCD is not, uh, here's, so first myth bust that I'm gonna do is that OCD, people who like things clean and neat do not have OCD, that is not OCD uh, because people who like things clean and in neat Uh, They get a joy in having things be clean and neat. For me, cleaning is a very distressing act that causes me a lot of pain. I don't want to do it because 10 times out of 10, I'm cleaning things that do not need to be cleaned. You know, I'm disinfecting because my brain thinks that thing is contaminated when it's really not like at all. You know, and I could go into more details about that after too. But like at the base, that's what mine is. I have contamination, OCD. I think something's contaminated and my compulsions are disinfecting and cleaning.
1: Yeah, it's almost like that part of your brain that is, that is telling you to do it. it's like It's like, you know, it exerts this control over you and you're trying to break free of that control. Like, yeah. no, I don't want to like, I don't want to clean this part of my house. It doesn't need to be cleaned and it's like,
0: yeah. Yeah, you're. We, we always say it with OCD. It's like you're dealing with a bully in your head. Mm. Uh, this this person that's like lying to you and making you stressed out and anxious and telling you things that aren't true, but it 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 fe- it feels very real, right? Like the stress mm. and the danger feels very very real. Um, I always and like you said, the exerting control thing. I I have so many metaphors for this to try to help people understand uh, mm-hmm. what living life with OCD is like. And so I, I like this metaphor, uh, with the control thing where it's like, uh, I'm driving a car. Okay. Mm-hmm. And OCD is a passenger in my car. Now when I'm doing now, sometimes OCD will be in the backseat, trying to backseat drive, like, Hey, turn left, turn right. do But like, like I can easily ignore that. But when OCD gets really when my OCD gets really strong and I'm in a period of my life where I'm having difficult, like almost no control, it's in like the passenger seat next to me with its hands on the wheel trying to drive for me, you know, Mm. which is really hard to do. And my goal is to try to get OCD locked up in the trunk in the back, (laughs) uh, which there are there's a huge there's periods of my life where that was like that OCD was in the trunk uh, and I could barely hear it. And sometimes I'd hear a kick and I'd be like, what was that? Like, oh shit you know but <laughs> for the most part like i had complete control but it, you know sometimes it makes its way back into like the passenger seat and back into like but yeah. that's but that's the metaphor that i always like to use in terms of like trying to gain control over it and that fight for control that it kind of has with you you know
1: yeah and it's really interesting too you know you talk about like like um you know your relationship with your or your kind of how you react to your, your thoughts and how you kind of respond to them. It's almost like you've had to, in a way you, you have to kind of change your relationship with them Oh yeah. and see like, okay, this is just, this is just something that, this is just something that is happening. It's, you know, it, ju- it just is. And I just have to find our, I just have to kind of write it out.
0: Basically. And, yeah. Uh, it's, it's tough because you're essentially rewiring your, I'm rewiring my brain you know, mm-hmm. to think yeah. differently. Cause like I said, it feels very real. Right. Yeah. So it's hard to be like, go up to the OCD and be like, you're lying. But then it's like, but this also feels very real. What if it's not lying? Mm-hmm. What if, like, what if this is, what if I actually am content? So that's a big part of it. Like the what ifs, um, yeah. they call OCD the doubting disease because it's that doubt that really makes the intrusive thoughts stick right i'll be like oh i I might be contaminated but then i'll be like no 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 i'm not contaminated like rationally like my rational side like me myself i'm like no i'm obviously not contaminated but then the ocd is like but what if you are i'm like i'm not though i didn't i didn't touch the thing but what if you did no 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 i didn't but what if you did and it becomes this whole back and forth and it's always like but what if what if what if what if what if what if what if, what if, nah. what if? and it's that's the hard thing to fight because there's a part yeah. of you which that's where it comes into the like embracing uncertainty where it's mm-hmm. like you could you could fight it forever and ever and give it all the logic and reasoning but OCD does not work on logic it mm. does not work on logic doesn't work with it I could be like that thing that I saw on the ground was just a napkin, but my brain will be like, but what if it was, what if it wasn't a napkin? What if it was something that's more dangerous that could contaminate you? And I'm like, but I know it's not like having this argument with it is not going to help because all I'm doing is engaging with it. And it's just going to make it stick more. The best thing I could do is like, if it's like, well, what if it was something dangerous? I have to be like, and so what if it was? Mm -hmm. So what, so what, like, it, but yeah will the contaminated. worst that can happen kind yeah of thing. and then it'll yeah. be like but you'll be contaminated i'm like so what who cares i don't care which that's me like that's obviously what i should be doing but it's real like again it's real. like i know rationally I, that's what i should be doing with the ocd but it's yeah. hard it's really really hard because sometimes i'm in situations where it's so difficult to do and i can't fight it and i'll be doing that for like weeks sometimes fighting that one thought being like oh so what like it it, it's really really hard it's like i i'm i'm talking about it now and i'm making it sound like it's it's easy but it's not it's the hardest thing i've ever had to do in my life
1: (laughs) yeah i can see how that's i can see how it's not only like it's not it would not only be genuinely frightening but exhausting Because it just never, it just like, it sounds like it just never shuts up. No, it's,
0: it's relentless. (laughs) You're right, man. It's like, you ever been to a party and there's like the little four-year-old kid who like finds you and sticks to you and is like, sir, sir. Hey, sir. Hey, sir. (laughs) And it's like, shut up. Like, it's it's essentially, dude, I've, I've screamed shut up like out loud before because I'm so fed up of it in my head. You know, Mm. I'm so like the. I've, I've, you know, sometimes it could last a day. Sometimes it could be a week. I've had some thought stick for months. Uh, the longest I've ever had a thought stick was like a year and a half almost.
1: Mm.
0: Like it gets exhausting. Imagine waking up and going waking up and that's the first thing in your head and going to bed. And it's the last thing you think about and repeating that every day. It's uh, your, and your mind yeah. is in this constant fight of like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and then you're like, gosh, ah, like you're this, this constant fight in your head mm-hmm. happening nonstop. Like it, it's very mentally exhausting. And that's something people, a lot of people don't understand. Like I'm exhausted all the time, but mm. just mentally, I'm just mentally and sometimes emotionally just drained. But physically, like I could run a marathon. You know, physically, I have all the energy in the world, but mentally, like I'm ready to nap. I'm ready to, like, I care. Like, I, because it's, it feels like nonstop in your brain. The way I've been described it by my psychologist is very much like, Um, because it's the limbic system in the brain. That's kind of like not working properly because it's, Mm -hmm. that's the part of your brain that puts you in fight or flight mode. But usually for, you know, the average person, it makes sense. You know, you see a tiger and your limbic system reacts and puts you in fight or flight mode because a tiger is a real threat. Right. But, and that's exhausting when you're like, you react to something like that if you're running away from a tiger, but for (laughs) people with OCD, the limbic system reacts to things that the average person like is like, it's like nothing, like who gives a shit. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's why you're exhausted all the time because you're constantly in that fight or flight mode uh, mm-hmm.
1: for things that rationally you have no reason to be. <laughs> yeah. And the threat, the threat never goes away. Like a tiger, no. you know, you can outrun a tiger or the tiger. Oh, goes, can you like outrun a tiger?
0: Way. Can you really,
1: <laughs> I'd like <laughs> to can see hide, you outrun you one. Can, you can hide from it and the tiger will, you know, eventually get bored I guess uh, tiger a... but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good tiger um, <laughs> uh, yeah you can like eventually but eventually the hunt will end whereas with you know intrusive thoughts like it just never like the the, the fear just yeah is I perpetual. mean
0: again with the exposure response Uh, prevention therapy you could get to a point that these intrusive thoughts don't last long and i feel like i could live my life normally you know in quotations like as normal as i can like i wasn't a period of my life where intrusive thoughts would enter my head and i'd be like you know like brush it off and continue my life normally and to clarify every single person on earth gets intrusive thoughts we all get thoughts that pop in our head and we're like the fuck is that you know what I mean? Or oh, like yeah. they pop in our head and we're like, ew, I don't like that thought. Or like, ah, ew, that thought wasn't a good thought. But yeah. the problem is the average neurotypical person is able to be like, ah, that's a weird thought and move on with their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. While someone with OCD, it, it's like that thought enters their head and it's, it's not just like an intrusive thought. It's like, oh, this is a real thought. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Like, and you're, you become hyper-focused on that thought. And again, people without OCD can have moments in their life where they get these intrusive thoughts that stick too, right? Mm. But usually that's because they're going through periods of their life where things are difficult, you know, like people who suffer trauma or uh, something really bad happened, or you're going through a grieving period. You could get intrusive thoughts, obviously that will stick. Again, Mm. it's not abnormal to get intrusive thoughts. But with OCD, it's usually these intrusive thoughts. Like they're they're relentless. They stick. Um, they're what they call ego dystonic. So they're usually against your own personal values and morals. Kind of like trying to like. So there's a lot of people. There truth, There's like people with harm OCD. Uh, harm OCD is intrusive thoughts about uh, what if I pick up this knife and stab uh, my mom? You know uh. what if what if I um what if i just suddenly start punching my little brother in the face uh what if like so like these thoughts come into their heads and Again, mm-hmm. we all have intrusive thoughts sometimes that like might be violent in nature, but somebody with OCD because it's ego-dystonic and goes against their values, they become so terrified, like it like it causes them so much anxiety to the point that they could believe that they can do it that they'll start avoiding like let's say like they'll start avoiding knives. Like if the thought is mm-hmm. what if I'll stab my like I'll stab my mom, they'll start avoiding knives like they wouldn't even be able to eat at a dinner table. And like, look at a knife, you know what I mean? Or go mm. near one. Like, that's how intense the intrusive thoughts in people with OCD gets, you know? Right. Um, yeah. uh, and that's, like I said, there's so many sub, There's so many themes, like that harm OCD, like that's one thing. But for like, so like for me specifically with contamination OCD, like it's obviously not abnormal to be like, oh, if I stepped in shit, I'm going to clean my shoe. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. But
0: what is abnormal is me being like, 6 years ago i remember walking by something that i didn't even touch and in those 6 years things may have touched and now suddenly i find myself disinfecting my all the books on my bookcase because of the possibility they might be contaminated from something 6 years ago right that like that's insanity <laughs> you know <laughs> that's crazy like that's that's what i've got like I've gotten to that point before where some, like I said, something from six years ago, which is literally like, and I, I find like, again, I find myself disinfecting books on my bookshelf, which I have done even though they're perfectly clean and obviously nothing's on them and they're obviously not contaminated. And obviously this thing I walked by and it, and it's literally like, well, I walked by that thing and then I walked into the house and my shoes were there. And then, um, uh, with my pajama pants, I walked by and then my pajama pants were on my bed, but then I put the book on the bed and now the books in the bookshelf. Uh, and now it's touched the other books and all the other books have touched each other. Like that, that's how it goes. That's how crazy it gets.
1: Mm. It's this whole, ch- this whole chain of, like, this whole chain, almost a whole chain of smaller thoughts leading to kind of, like, this, you know, this ball of, this, this yeah. giant ball of anxiety, being like, what if this is infected or contaminated? Yeah.
0: But you can yeah. see how irrational that is, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing. And people who suffer OCD, we're completely aware of how irrational it is. Like, when I'm, mm-hmm. like, like, if I'm going back to the bookcase thing and I'm, like, I want to disinfect those books like obviously that's fucking irrational like obviously Mm -hmm. it makes no fucking sense like I'm so aware of it and I think that's part of what makes it so much more frustrating is that Mm -hmm. I know how irrational and stupid it is but it feels so fucking real that it's like I have to get rid of this because I'm so distressed right now you know Mm.
1: yeah yeah and it's like yeah and that's how I know I mean it's different from I mean, yeah, that's how I know that my, cause I, cause you know, I mean, I suffer from anxiety, but I know that yeah. it, what I have is, is different from OCD and that like, you know, like I, like when I get a, you know, when I get a, an intrusive thought or, you know, about something that, you know, something that I did in the past that may or may not have been totally kosher. I, yeah. I think, okay, but what's the, I, I'm able to kind of, I'm able to use logic and, and it kind of, it works. Yeah, And it's like, okay, what's your evidence? What, what is the evidence that you have to, su- to support the veracity mm-hmm. of this thought? And, yeah. you know, I, I very often I find not, and it, it, I'm able to kind of, you know, I'm able to kind of work my way out of it through, you know, through logic and facts. And I mean, I can't imagine how, like, I can't imagine how terrifying it must be when even that yeah loses its power as a weapon against, yeah, because uh, that's
0: the thing. Like with OCD, you could throw all the logic and facts that you want at it, it's not gonna work. And like I said, when you start throwing logic and facts at it, you're engaging with it, and you're just making it stronger
1: mm-hmm. because
0: now it's like, yeah, that's right. It's like, you know, like the bully who like bothers you just to get a response out of you. And then when mm-hmm. you get when you give the bully that angry response, they they feed off that and now they want to do even like they feel proud about that almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, like a. That.
1: It's almost like a tr- almost like a troll that that's yeah. in your brain.
0: Dude, one oh dude, that's great. Yeah, it's like an internet troll. It's, a, it's yeah. basically that that is what it is. <laughs> it just yeah. festering in there and being like, hey, 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 hey. Get, what if what if what if you are contaminated? What if what if this thing? What if that thing? What? If, and it's like, oh my god, shut up! Like
1: yeah. And it's just all, oh, yeah, and yeah, even arguing with it kind of just, like, it drags you down. And it's just yeah. like, oh, oh, why, am I, why am I doing this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's why it's essentially, it's like with those bullies who are trying to get a response out of you, the best mm-hmm. thing, or, you know, when someone's really, like, trying to aggravate you and they're saying things, like, the best thing to do is usually be like, yeah, okay, whatever you say, buddy. Yeah. Like, and that's essentially what I have to do with the OCD. Be like, yeah, sure. Whatever yeah. you say. Okay. Sure. If you say so. Sure. Whatever. Like.
1: Yeah. And just don't, it. just don't give it any, don't give it any credence. Don't give it, you know, yeah. don't give it the time of day.
0: But that's the thing. It's so funny. Cause talking about it like that, again, makes it sound so easy, but remember this is your own mind you're fighting with. This is not mm. like as much as I treat it as his own separate entity. It's still me fighting with myself in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still me versus my own mind, which makes it so much more, complicated because there are times where i'm like okay no but what like where do i separate where like the line gets blurred between like rational thought and the ocd sometimes because it's like okay but what if like because you start you do like i've had periods in my life where i'm like okay no but what if this is like i actually am in a real threat here you Mm -hmm. know and my brain is trying to tell me that like sometimes I do have difficulty differentiating between the two. Cause I'm like, is this the OCD talking or am I actually like, am I actually in danger right now?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost it, it, in a way, it almost sounds like, you know, you're, you're, you're in an apart you're, you're in a living situation with like a really, really annoying roommate <laughs> who won't leave. Yeah. And who just keeps on like, who just keeps on bothering you and you know, Leaving shit all over the place and not cleaning up and whatever but and just following you around talking at you yeah and if you can't get it to and if if you can't get this person to leave then it's it sounds like it's like okay, okay, I gotta just yeah, you know do whatever I can to not let this not let this person's negative energy kind of um uh, and not let it get to the point where it's like kind of driving my every action or or thought or, and it just kind of be like, yeah. Like you said, just like, okay, you know, whatever you do, you, you do your thing over there. I'm going to keep, I'm going to continue living my life. Yeah. you know,
0: It's but yeah, there's so many metaphors I could use to like (laughs) try to uh, one of my favorite metaphors I actually read was um, I call it the TV metaphor. So Mm -hmm. imagine like, let's say you and me were doing this podcast right now, right? Yeah. We're recording this. But in the background, a TV is playing Mm. a TV that you can't really control the volume of. It's just kind of playing in the background. Um, So I'm trying to like talk. I'm trying to blah, blah, blah. But this TV is playing in the background. And depending on how much control or I have over my anxiety or how well I'm doing, the TV could be really low or it could be really fucking loud. Mm. Right. So obviously the louder the TV is, the harder it is to focus on whatever I'm doing. And sometimes that TV is playing in the background and it's fucking loud. Like imagine I was trying to like talk to you right now and gather my thoughts, but this TV was just blaring in my ears at the same time, you know? And then again, sometimes uh, it might be like, it's super quiet and or it's just white noise in the background and it's not affecting me at all. And if I'm really good, the TV's off, you know? Yeah. but that tv metaphor always like i always really really liked because it was sure. it's 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 basically that it's a tv that's just playing in the background that you don't really have the remote for you know and it's it sometimes it's really loud and sometimes it's not and uh, you're trying to focus on doing something else while this tv is playing in the background
1: yeah actually and uh and speaking of TV, um, oh, <laughs> I think uh, nice segue, shit. Thank you. I was waiting for that. Um, speaking of TV, uh, you know, a lot of mental, a lot of mental disorders have had various kinds of portrayals in in the media, on yeah. TV and in film, in you know, various fictional works of art, and OCD is one of them, of course. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you're going to give me, I'm sure you're going to give me an interesting answer for this. Um, mm-hmm. How how do you find that? How do you find the way that OCD has been has been portrayed in the media has kind of shaped the way we the way we look at this disorder? Uh, terribly, uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought so. One yeah. of the reasons
0: why OCD is such a it's one of the most misunderstood um disorders and I include that along with like bipolar disorder and depression uh and I mean clinical depression not just like going through a depression I mean like actual clinical depression uh is because of how it's portrayed in the media like I said when okay like let me ask you before you knew before like anything I've ever told you about OCD
1: when you thought of OCD what did you think of uh before you told me anything about it, I, I think I thought of the same, I think I thought of the same thing, like uh, just clean it, the same thing that everyone thinks of, you know, uh, cleaning stuff rigorously. Yeah. Uh, kind of just anything, re- anything kind of repetitive that somebody does. Um, yeah, that was my very, that was my very vague sense of what, yeah. what OCD is. Which OCD at was,
0: the which base, was. it's not wrong because like I said, OCD is all but like, people with OCD have very ritualistic behavior because Mm -hmm. these rituals help ease anxiety for them. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, like I have tons of ritualistic behavior. Some of it I didn't even notice was ritualistic behavior until like, I stopped to think about it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. Like the repetitiveness and stuff like that is stuff that happens, but the problem with the portrayal in media is that just like anything, it's such a, a stereotypical, Kind of like we're taking the most basic aspect and like amplifying it, mm. um, and it becomes a very watered down version of what it actually is. Uh, most people think OCD is all cleaning and disinfecting and uh, washing being your or- hands, yeah, and being organized and neat because that's the easiest way to portray it, right? Because, uh, like I said, that's that's mine. I have contamination OCD, but again, come into my room. My room is the messiest, it's cluttered, it's not organized in any way, shape or form. Like I'm a kind of person that, if when I tell people I have OCD, they don't believe me. Which Mm -hmm. is funny because I have contamination OCD where I disinfect and clean. But because everyone thinks that OCD is being neat and organized and clean, and I mean clean in the sense like, I like everything to be like dustless and clean they get very confused about it, right? Again, Mm -hmm. I clean and contaminate. I clean and decontaminate, but it's a very distressing thing for me. And I clean and decontaminate things that are already clean and don't need to be decontaminated, you Mm -hmm. know? But the media really portrays like that specific one as like, encompassing ocd and it's always somebody who's like very meticulously like cleaning everything and like needs to be neat and needs everything to be like we always think of the person like oh my god the picture frame is a little crooked i gotta i gotta fix that picture frame you know like yeah and people often get confused because that's actually not an abnormal thing to be bothered by like we're humans and humans like patterns right yeah so when we see something that seems off it's going to throw us off, obviously. And we're yeah, going to be like, we like well, things
1: to be symmetrical.
0: Yeah. And that really annoys me every time i see, especially fucking BuzzFeed when they've done this, they're like, ah, thing, pictures to trigger your OCD. And it's like all these crayons set neatly in a row, except one of them's upside down. It's like, mm. or it's like, look at these tiles, but one tile's a little off. It's like, this has nothing to do with OCD. Mm-hmm. This is nothing. This is just humans. Liking p- things in patterns, and when something's off, it's kind of like it screws with our heads a bit. Like, but that has nothing to do with OCD, nothing. No, um, <sighs> so yeah, the media has this very watered down portrayal of what it is and it hasn't helped because people who don't know OCD watch it, think that's what it is. And then mm-hmm. obviously people are like, well, I like things neat and organized. I must have it. And it's like, no, you don't have OCD. You're just meticulous and anal about things. That's not, <laughs> that's not OCD, you know yeah, what I mean? And,
1: and I have, and I mean, I have to admit, I, I, yeah, like that bias, like I think I, I was, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I was, I possess that bias, too, because, you know, years ago when you years ago, when you first told me that you had OCD, I didn't I I did not believe you. But I was I was surprised because the image in my head that I had was people who just, you know, these people who like really who like things to be really meticulous and organized Mm -hmm. and neat. And and I mean, you did not you did not strike me as one of those people. So I was like, nope. (laughs) that kind of made me so that and then that kind of made me. you know, reevaluate what I, you know, that the kind of, yeah, I guess the, you know, the stereotypes that, uh, that were, that I'd been fed, I suppose, mm-hmm. about but, the disorder. Which is kind of know? funny
0: because it, it, as much as I like, I clean and disinfect, sometimes the OCD actually prevents me from doing like normal cleaning, you mm. know, like the reason It's kind of like this thing where it's like my room looks like chaos, but it's very organized chaos. Like everything is in a specific place for like, that's the thing, like, like to the normal person, they might be like, wow, look at this. But for me, everything's in a very specific place. I place everything in a very specific place. Um, And a lot of the times, sometimes I don't clean because I think a certain part of my room is contaminated let's say. So I avoid touching that area. So that area becomes dirty, it becomes cluttered, it becomes Mm -hmm. whatever. So I start moving things to different areas. And like, I end up not cleaning because I'm like, I want to avoid having to touch that area, you know, kind Mm. of thing. Uh, So it's kind of funny how like that happens, where it's like, even though the whole compulsion is cleaning and disinfecting, it sometimes prevents me from being able to just do my like normal chores, you know, Mm. which ends up making me look messier and dirtier. Uh, so that makes it kind of like yeah it's this weird thing and it happens to a lot of people with contamination OCD like that's happened to you know like a lot of them say like uh, like a big uh, symptom of being of having OCD is being a hoarder Mm. which you would never think like a hoarder who like basically keeps everything and like they're they have very cluttered spaces you wouldn't think that is OCD but no it very much is because you have this distress of getting rid of things you want to like everything like it's yeah so hoarding is actually a big big like uh symptom of OCD too Mm.
1: and has there so with that in mind I mean has there ever been any like and it could be anything. It could be a movie or a TV show, a book, any anything at all. Has there ever been anything that's like come even remotely close to, like portraying any aspect of the any aspect of yeah. OCD accurately? I'm glad you asked. Uh, so there's a lot of
0: shows and movies that have characters who might have OCD. Uh, the most famous there was the TV show Monk. Um, oh yeah. Where, but yeah. he, I, that was very much like. He exhibited symptoms like sometimes he did things where I'm like, oh, yeah, like I've done that. But what they did was they just took a laundry list of like all the subtypes of OCD and just threw it into one character kind of thing. So he's like this amalgamation of like everything, which is like it's too much like it's it's. It's again, it's a a portrayal of like, well, when you think of OCD, I think, I think this, and I think this, and I think this, and let me read on Wikipedia, what else is there? And they just threw all of it into one person kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of it, and uh, a lot of it is actually more like obsessive compulsive personality disorder, which again, that's more of a personality thing where it's like, I like to keep things clean. I like to keep things meticulous and blah, 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 which is very different than OCD. Right. Mm-hmm. So monk has always been like, you know what? Some of it I'm like is accurate, but then some of it is like, this is it, like, it's no, it's like, it's too much. <laughs> like there's, it's, yeah. it, it's again, it, it it's making people believe that like, this is what an, someone with OCD looks like, which some, like there's a lot of people who have OCD who do not have uh, visible compulsions. Mm. Uh, all their compulsions are mental uh, rumination and, uh, mental replay, uh, self-assurance, um, uh, counting in their head, saying specific words, uh, these are all mental, but comp- you can't see, you know, uh, and there's also, you know, like stuff like cleaning and stuff. I have, you know, cleaning and disinfecting is not the only compulsion I have. Avoidance is a compulsion. Like you avoid things that you avoid going to, to, pl- I avoid going to places that I feel like might, might, contaminate me. Uh, If uh, certain areas that I have been triggered in, I avoid going to those places. I avoid things that I think are contaminated. Um, Mm. Anyone who's ever taken walks with me, especially in the last few years, uh, double checking is a big compulsion I do where I'll stop. Yeah. Like you've witnessed me do this. Like I stop mm-hmm. and I go to double check something and I like, and I stop and I check. And sometimes I'm like triple and quadruple. Like I'm just stopping and checking to yeah. make sure my brain needs that certainty. So it stops and it goes to look for the thing. Um, uh, scanning is a really big one. Like while I'm walking, I'm looking everywhere because I wanna make sure I'm safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is makes what It just makes going for a walk so difficult for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I can imagine. And like, it's it's funny. It's almost like I'm thinking of. Um, it's it's almost sounds like, for the the sort of counter image of um, the counter image of what stimming is like for autistic people. And I say yeah. counter image because like for us, you know, when we when when autistic people stim it's a way to kind of, you know, it's a way to calm them. It's either a way to calm themselves down yeah, or yeah. a way to kind of like help them process what is being, what is being said yeah. to them or, you know, it, it has all sorts of different functions, but all of those functions are many of those functions are positive. Whereas compulsions are compulsive behavior in OCD, in people, in people who, with OCD, whether they're physical or not, they're very often they're, they're in fact always you know they're they're a negative thing because yes. no they're it sends you into yeah. a spiral of, yeah you know it's like
0: I don't want to be doing that I yeah, want to be able exactly. to go for a walk like just a normal walk without scanning the ground everywhere I walk without stopping to double check things non-stop mm. like it's so it's just such a nuisance for me it's so distressing for me because like I want to be able to do that Without that happening, I just want to be able to yeah. go out and like not be terrified, like not have that anxiety that I might something could happen, and uh, I'm scanning the ground and constantly stopping and double checking just to be certain that I'm fine. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's it, yeah, mm. it's very much a horrendously negative thing. Like I don't, yeah. be, I do. Like that's the thing people don't get. I don't want to do it, but I feel like yeah, I have to do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a choice. I could choose not to do it, but the thing is, I feel like I have to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, and making the choice to not do it is just really, really, really difficult sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Yeah. Especially when you're, especially when you are going, I'd imagine it's, it's even harder to resist that compulsion when you're, you're going through a period in life that is difficult,
0: you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Like uh, big changes in your life can have you relapse, you know? Mm. Uh, like I've, uh, you know, with, with the whole, uh, pandemic that happened, I relapsed really badly. Yeah. Uh, Relapsed worse than I ever have in my life. (laughs) Like, uh, and it's not, and it's not because, of my fear of germs it's not because of that or anything it's not like my ocd went off the rails because like oh my god uh, i might catch a disease it went off the rails because i suddenly went into isolation which is Mm -hmm. one of the worst things for anyone with ocd because i'm basically preventing myself from exposure right Mm -hmm. um being in isolation now suddenly i have no social life so i don't have uh, you know, people to talk to. I don't have uh, that sort of mood booster to to deal with. Um, you know, suddenly I'm bored as all fucking hell and just sitting with my own thoughts. I have no distractions. I don't have my normal life back. Uh, and again, uh, with everything that was happening uncertainty uncertainty is the worst thing prosody and we were living mm. in a whole year of uncertainty unsure if we were going back to work unsure what was happening unsure of all this so this was all fuel for me to relapse completely you know and and get really yeah. mad again to the point that like like i was scared to leave my house because mm. i didn't want to be triggered You know, Mm -hmm. I I was, I became basically agoraphobic, not because I was scared of catching um, the flu, but because I was scared of my OCD being triggered by something outside, you know, like, and it's not the first time in my life that I've been scared to leave the house, but when it gets to that point, I know I'm like really bad, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you don't
1: have enough to worry about with like, (laughs) you know, the fear of getting COVID. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah and it's like, I want to go out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I want, I love going for walks. Uh, I used to go for walks like nonstop all the time. And now suddenly being terrified to go for walks, something I love doing is just, it's so that's the thing people don't realize OCD is debilitating. It It affects yeah. the things you love. It affects all these things. Like I Now I can't do, I can't go for walks, something I really love doing because it's, it's, a, it's affecting me to that point. You know, uh, I get terrified when my friend, I have friends who are like, Hey, we're going to hang out in the park. And just the idea of going to the park uh, it causes me so much anxiety, not because, you know, I'm at a park or whatever. It's because there might be something at the park that I'll feel contaminated, you know that will make me feel that will trigger my ocd and like it's like i don't want to have to deal with that and it's it's like it that becomes really tough where it's like going out it's no more it's no longer just like oh do i want to go out it's like this is an aspect of it too now you know that's thrown in that really like causes me even more distress because it's like but i want to do these things i really do but you know like do i feel like i'm in a mental place that I can do these things. It's it. Yeah. It's just it makes me miserable.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. It's. Uh, that's. I, I. I can imagine that it's. Uh, it's. It's. It's a tough existence. Yeah. And uh, that brings me to. Well, a well. Oh, before
0: next question, I still didn't finish answering the um the portrayal question. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I mentioned monk, but then we just kind of like continued. So uh, then there's like really terrible portrayal. So like Sheldon Cooper in Big Bang Theory, who's not only a terrible portrayal for OCD, but also a terrible portrayal for the autism spectrum. Uh, oh, oh I'm sure, oh, you God, can attest oh. to. Oh, don't even. Yeah. Don't even get no, any started. I don't, on no, no, no. He's just a bad portrayal of just. And he's also a very terrible portrayal of nerds. Uh yeah. <laughs> uh just he's just bad, period. Um uh so I'm I'm not even gonna touch that one because they never even say he has it. I but it's like it's very obvious that they took very um not so uh, subtle inspiration from it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for characters who like explicitly have it. Um I haven't seen the aviator. Uh, but I'd really like to because I've been curious mm-hmm. to see because Howard Hughes famously had uh, contamination OCD as well. Uh, one of the, the one of the very one of the um, the handful of famous people who suffers from obsessive compulsive disorder. And he's a very good case of what happens when it goes untreated. Right. Yeah. He became a hermit, was wearing shoeboxes on his feet, never left the house, like completely isolated. Like that's what happens when you don't do exposure response prevention therapy and you just know yeah, i I, I remember
1: seeing it a long 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 time ago i, yeah. I barely remember it but um i i actually kind of makes me want to watch it again and, yeah uh, no i'm
0: curious i haven't i haven't seen it it's been on my list because so i'm because I'm, like like you said howard hughes famously uh, had it so i'm curious to see how the portrayal of it in the movie was like you know because it, again yeah. i i find something like ocd is incredibly difficult to portray uh, you yeah. know, in a movie, like I'm somebody who suffers from it and I've been trying to figure out ways that I can like write it in, like write a movie about it or something. Mm. And I, I can't figure out a way to do it without it coming across as a sort of shallow representation of it. And mm. So, so imagine that me who has it can't figure out a way to do it properly all these people who are doing it that don't know what it's like to have it. Like, what are you doing? What do you expect is going to happen? But okay. So best representation, this is going to come completely um, left field. The best representation I ever saw of OCD. um, And they never said, it's never said that the character has it. But when watching the movie, I like pinpointed it right away. I'm like, that guy has OCD. Like I pinpointed it right away. Cause that's how good it was. Uh, Robert De Niro's character in silver linings playbook. Oh, okay. they never mention it. They never say he has it. It's clearly undiagnosed, but he very obviously has it. And like, so far that's the best. Cause it's all related. Like he gets set, like, it's all related to like the sports teams and he has all these rituals. He has to like, hold his napkin and like, you know, like the friend, he's like, oh, he's making me hold the two like remotes. Cause it's bringing good luck for the sports team to win. Like, and just mm-hmm. like when it, like when something doesn't go as planned like, he's like, you're my good luck charm. And he has his son go to the game. And when he finds out his son didn't go to the game and he fucking loses his shit because Oof. like, I just recognized all of that immediately. I'm like the ritualistic behavior uh you know the high anxiety intrusive thoughts like like oh if i don't do these things my favorite team is not gonna win uh and doing the compulsions mm. getting worse and worse as the movie goes on and when uh the like and when it like it doesn't happen and like the anxiety is too overwhelming he just loses his shit which has happened to me like when it's when the ocd gets way too overwhelming i just i lose control of my emotions you know yeah i i completely explode i have a meltdown um mm my meltdowns could be complete rage. Like I'm just shouting and yelling and I'm, I'm shaking. Like my whole body is shaking. I'm like, um, I start getting really like, uh, like I have no control over my body. Almost like, uh, I've hit myself a lot. Mm. Uh, I've smacked myself in the head. I've punched myself in the face. Uh, I, at my worst, I came out with, I've had bruises all over my face from it. Um, uh, it, it, sometimes it gets to the point that like the intrusive thoughts are, are stuck in your head so strongly that you feel like if I hit my head hard enough, it's going to hit the thought out of my head. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's how bad it gets sometimes where you're just so fed up of dealing with that. You're like, I'm going to hit my head so hard that it will knock the thought out of my head.
1: Yeah. Cause what else can you do at that point? Like
0: you get so desperate. Yeah. Um, so you know I've had that happen to me where I've completely exploded like that and and I'm happy to say it doesn't happen often
1: mm-hmm. but
0: you know it does it does happen and I'm sure you can you understand that too like some as somebody who's also not neurotypical you know meltdown oh, yeah. happen when you get overwhelmed uh, yeah
1: meltdowns uh meltdowns suck they yes. really fucking <laughs> suck
0: And um, Yeah. Yeah. Meltdowns are an unfortunate part of it. And I find like a lot of people are not. uh, They're afraid to open up about having them because I can understand why, because people, when people think of it, they're like, Jesus, like they think you're crazy. Right. But it's, it's literally just, I'm so overwhelmed that I lose control. You know what I mean? And it does, it's not like, Like I come out of that feeling like absolute trash. You know, I feel so terrible, uh, especially when I'm, let's say I'm with loved ones and the meltdown causes me to lash out at them. I feel horrible because I'm like, they didn't deserve that. They, they've, yeah. I, I've definitely learned that like, uh, to recognize that, okay, that was a meltdown. I didn't lash out. I like, I, and I've taken responsibility for it. And I've like apologized to like, you know, loved ones when that has happened. And, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and when I've gotten to a calm headspace, I'm able to like explain it, but also be like, that wasn't right of me. Like, obviously I should have better control uh, over it, which, you know, it is something like anyone who has a mental disorder, that's what they work towards. They work to being able to have that control over it. Mm. Right. So that doesn't happen. But unfortunately, you know, we go through really difficult periods in our lives sometimes, and that control yeah. is much harder to have.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, we're only human. And after, you know, we all have, we all have points where we're at our, our most vulnerable and it just doesn't, you know.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I hate when that
1: happens. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate no, it. Me, me, Yeah. Me too, man. It's, it's, it it's doesn't weird. make you feel, it doesn't make you feel good, especially when you like, you know, you, especially when you scare people Oh yeah, people that are, that are close to you. And it, it's yeah. just,
0: and, and that's a big thing, right? Like the people outside of you, the people who are most affected by it are the people you're closest with. So, you know, loved ones, uh, parents, siblings, uh, significant others, they have, they have to deal with it just as much as you do. Right. But for them, it's so much harder to deal with because they don't understand it Mm -hmm. you know they're they don't know what's going through your mind and yeah they become helpless because they want to help you but they don't know what to do and they feel helpless so they get overwhelmed just as much as you do you know and yeah I, i feel like that's something i've had to learn and over the years is to recognize how distressful it is for the people in my life as much as it is for me just in a different way but it is just as distressful for them to deal with as yeah. it is for me to deal with because they love you and they want to see you fine and they want to see you happy. And then they, like I said, they feel helpless because they don't know what to do and they see you melting down and they're like, and they start to melt down because they're like, I yeah. don't want this to happen.
1: <laughs> like- yeah. And that kind of leads me, um, that kind of leads me into what, um, what was meant to be my la- my last question, which oh. is for, which is primarily for, um, uh, well primarily for people like me who don't have a, who don't have OCD but who know people that are and are close to people who are affected by it yeah um I guess what are some of the ways what are some ways in which people who um people who are observers not sufferers people yeah. who are are friends family loved ones you know what can they do to well what are some of the ways that they can support um right the people who do live with this disorder and kind of help Um, them through it the worst of it yeah
0: so this is it's it's a great question because that's even one that i'm trying to figure out sometimes because sometimes i because sometimes i don't even know what i need in that moment right Mm. like sometimes if i'm in a high distress situation i don't even know what i need and it's hard to communicate that because if you don't even know what you need how can you communicate what you need to people right yeah but the biggest thing is well i think and i think it's for anything uh, for anyone going through anything, whether they have a disorder or not, is uh, patience, obviously. Mm. Uh, be patient with the person. Uh, understand that what they're going through, like, validate their feelings. So mm. you might not understand what's going on, but understand that for me, the anxiety feels very real. And mm. so you, do not invalidate it. Like, you, I'm sure you've encountered situations where somebody's like, Where you're like, man, I feel stressed out, and they're like, well, don't be stressed. Oh yeah, it's like, all right. Gee,
1: thanks. Yeah, I wish I thought of that, genius.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, or you're like, this is really stressing me out. They're like, well, what's to be? Why be stressed about that? Like, why? And it's like, (laughs) so don't invalidate it. Recognize that it is a very real feeling that the person is going through, and that they can't really help it in that situation. You know. Mm Uh, Obviously, if you're dating someone with it or if you're a parent or a sibling and are very close to someone, uh, do your research on it Mm, uh, to help to get a better understanding of what it is. Uh, Listen is a good one, like allow the person to talk and like just listen. Sometimes we don't want advice and we don't want like if I'm really in distress, I don't want advice. I need to Mm. calm down. I need somebody who's just there. To be there to support uh understand yeah. who the person is and find ways that can easily distract them you know mm, so okay. like uh you know uh, for me i love music i love movies maybe like if i'm high distress start talking to me about movies and music you know uh, ask me questions about my favorite bands you know like uh I love improv and I love puzzles. I like be like okay, alf- uh, alphabet game, we're playing categories. Your category is uh fruits and vegetables. Go. Uh, okay, A, uh, apple, B, banana, C, <laughs> carrot. You know like finding yeah. those distractions really helped at least to calm the anxiety. Uh helping yeah. grounding exercises. If I can't think of it, be like, "Hey, uh, what's five things you see?" four things you can hear three things you can smell two things you can feel like one thing you can taste, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, deep breaths, deep breaths. Oh, like if you notice me start to double check and be like, Oh no, no, no. We're keeping, we're going to keep walking. We're going to keep walking. Let's go. Let's go. But like in a (laughs) positive way, um, the worst thing you could do is make the first person feel bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. Cause when I get triggered, I'm feeling terrible. I'm already beating myself up from the minute I get triggered. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, like this is not good. I'm doing a terrible job at this. So if you get upset at them, you yell at them, you get pissy, it's gonna just make us feel worse. And the anxiety is just gonna get worse. You know, mm. Like I've been in situations where, um, specifically with like an ex where I, we'd be walking and I'd get triggered and I'm like, I just need to double check something. And they would act like I ruined their day. And it's like, how how is that supportive? How is that supposed to make me feel better now? Yeah. Not only do I have anxiety uh, for, you know, being triggered, but now I feel guilty for no reason. Mm. So it's just having a base level of understanding that the other person, like just, it's just being understanding, empathetic, And patient with the person. And I know, and if you're somebody who's been dealing with a lot, and you're doing a great job, totally understandable that you might hit a point that you're really frustrated, or you're Mm -hmm. really like, uh, you're, you're really distressed yourself. And as somebody who suffers, I have to recognize that in the other person, right? Uh, mm. Be like okay you've been doing so good So it's normal that you're frustrated And I've gotten really bad and that is frustrating uh, And I've got to take care of myself But yeah like but at the base You should have those You shouldn't immediately just lash out on the person Or be like what the hell are you doing You know like or or like be confused Or like act like they're being weird Or something you know because it's like something, yeah, I can't help but be But be distressed in that moment I can't help it you know so Yeah
1: for sure So,
0: and I'm very lucky that right now I have a very good support system. My parents have been, uh, Mm. have been great, uh, and they get better. Like, obviously, uh, they've done their research and they, you know, because I've had it since I was like 11, right. Mm. Um, OCD, like unlocked itself, I guess. (laughs) I don't know the better way to describe that when I was 11 years old. Um, and throughout my teenage years, I didn't even know what I had. I had no idea. Uh, I wasn't officially diagnosed until I was 19 years old. Um, So throughout all those years, I had no idea what was going on. And obviously my parents had no idea what was going on. So there was a lot of like, um, there was a lot of like explosions in those cases. But you can understand when you don't understand something and all you want to do is understand it like it's frustrating it's very frustrating and the more mm. frustrated you get the harder the angrier you'll get you know what I mean yeah, because you're just sure. trying to, so because you don't understand and you just want to understand you know um, yeah
1: And I'm sure with year as the years go by and you kind of get a as then they kind of gain a greater understanding of of it yeah. and you and how you live with it there it, it gets a little easier
0: and after i got diagnosed and started going to therapy and you know like obviously it's clear like they've done their research and um you know i've talked to them about it so they're let's just say like they're doing the like anybody they're doing the best they can Mm. what to the level of their understanding right yeah i'm very i feel grateful for uh you know i have friends like you who are very understanding and very great (laughs) to deal with you know um I I, like I'm seeing someone right now who's very uh, understanding about it too, and has been really supportive and great about it too. So it's it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I feel very lucky at the moment that I have a really good support system. And I have friends who like, like I said, I'm very, I'm very open about my OCD. Right. Uh, If people ask, I'm more than happy to talk about it, but I'm Mm. also not, um, uh, I'm also not the kind of person who just talk about it very candidly uh, Mm -hmm. all the time, like this, like I've been open about it publicly for, you know, like posts here and there when it comes to mental health awareness and stuff like that. But I Mm -hmm. think this is the first time that I've been very open about it publicly, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. like just candidly talking about it uh, for everybody to hear. Cause yeah, like I said, usually I'll be open about it. If people ask questions, if people come up to me and ask questions. So I think there's a lot of cases where people are aware that I have it and they're aware that I might have certain compulsions or rituals that I do. Um, but like, they don't know to the full extent of how it is, but they're still Mm -hmm. very understanding. Like I've told people, like, uh, I went to a park with friends and I'm like, give me a minute. I'm just scanning. And they're like, cool, do your thing, you know? Or I'm like, Hey, I don't think I could go out this night like that area that you guys are going out is just causing me a lot of stress right now and I, I I just I don't and they're like cool totally understandable so I feel like I feel very lucky and grateful that I have people who are at least like understanding and empathetic towards mm-hmm. it in my life you know which which makes it feel so much better um, oh, but I also you have to, if I'm continuing like how you support someone you got to be mm-hmm. careful towing the line between support and enabling. Mm. Um, because you in through thinking you're supporting, you could very easily enable the OCD, which is a big, no, no, you do not want to enable the OCD. Okay. Right. So that's, that's, I mean, I think that's with anything. You don't want to enable anybody's like insecurities or uh, intrusive thoughts or uh, issues. You don't want to enable people, right. You want them to get better and enabling makes the issues worse. And especially with OCD enabling is like, uh being like you know what i'm gonna wash everything for you i'm gonna like clean this for you i'm gonna do this for you like Mm -hmm. oh my god like you think like i'm gonna do it and it's like that's a big no like and obviously Mm -hmm. if you're a loved one you don't want to see a person in distress so you feel like oh i have to do this so they can stop being distressed right Mm -hmm. but like that's enabling it you know what i mean Uh, and i think it really has to be like no 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 you're fighting this Right. It, it's this kind of thing where it's like, look, I'm supporting you. I understand you're very distressed at the moment. This is what's right. But I'm going to encourage you to at least fight it a bit. Yeah. OK. Um, and if you feel like at least do it, we're not like let's not jump to the compulsion right away. I'm going to encourage you to be like, you could do this. Let's sit in it a bit. Uh, let's keep walking like you can do this. Um, And then afterwards, once I've calmed down, if I still feel like I can't fight it, then it's okay to be like, okay, but you know what you did a little bit and that's great. Like any, like any little steps count. Right. So Mm, you did a little mm. bit. That's great. Uh, Now that you've calmed down, do you still feel like it's too strong? Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'll let, I'll let, I'll allow you like as somebody with OCD, when you're fighting it, sometimes you can allow yourself to do the compulsion because Mm. you're not perfect. You're not Like I said, you're not going to beat the final boss right away. So Mm. I can't beat myself up if I do allow myself to do a compulsion, you know, Mm. Uh, what we call incidents, incidents happen, Uh, you know, as I'm fighting and I'm doing really well, an incident will happen, which will make me feel like I've backtracked and that progress I have to remember and any, everyone for anyone doing any type of progress in anything, progress Mm. is not linear. Yeah, um, no, it's they're it making is. steps, but just like anything, sometimes you'll take steps forward and sometimes you'll take steps back. And that is OK. That mm-hmm. is. And I have to remind myself that all the time, like I may have backtracked, but that's fine. Like progress is not linear and I can keep moving forward, you know, because mm-hmm. <clears> yeah. when that happens, I have to stop and recognize all the progress I have done. You know, Mm -hmm. let's say I backtrack, let's say an incident happens where it's a level 100 while I was tackling other stuff and doing really well, it will feel like a backpedal, but then I have to stop and be like, no, no, no. Look, that was bad. Yes. But look at all this other progress you've done. Like what incidences should not, you know, like should not cause you to lose the progress that you've done kind of thing. Mm yeah so you have to sit and recognize that progress that you have done uh while so it's yeah progress is not linear (laughs) it very Mm -hmm. much isn't it's a it's a very messy trail of yeah for sure with
1: any with anything yeah yeah well I'm glad I know all that now (laughs) because it's it's you know because I always kind of wondered like you know what's the best way to kind of guide you to kind of Mm-hmm. guide you through those moments when they do when they do happen and uh yeah. you know so gentle so kind of a gentle encouragement to yeah to fight the to fight the compulsion as much as you can yes and you know with the acknowledgement that like with the acknowledgement that like you're not you're not perfect you're not superman you know yeah. it it might you know you might still feel the need to do it but like as long as you can hold out like as uh, whatever i can do to kind of help you yeah whether and that's it's distra- very much distra- distracting difference. you through, <laughs> through things you like, you know, yeah. movies, music, improv, whatever. Then, yeah, then and dude, I mean, like, you're my best friend, so you know exactly. Like, if
0: you got the like, especially for double checking stuff. Like, if it looks like I'm about to double check, all you do is like crack a joke. Let's just do one of our silly, stupid things that we always do, and that's like distraction <laughs> enough, right? Yeah. Right. It, yeah, that will keep my attention away from it. Um, but yeah, the 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 fighting the compulsion one is very much if it's it's really like a high level thing that's like oh my god, yeah, like, I don't know, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's it's funny because like it's such a complicated disorder. Um, I've only touched on contamination OCD because that's what I have, and mm. I've mentioned um harm OCD, but there's so many themes that uh there's so many themes. There's like pure OCD, which is purely just intrusive thoughts. Like it's all mental. Mm. There's no uh, like physical compulsive behavior that comes with it. Um, yeah. There's, uh, there's a moral scrupulosity or religious OCD, which uh, when I was, mm. when I first had OCD, I had, so I had contamination OCD, but I also had uh, that, which I was, I thought like any little thing I did was going to send me to hell and it caused me so much, distress uh that i the the my compulsion was confessing everything i did even stupid things where it's like oh my god like uh i i i told a joke to my friend and didn't like that am i going to hell you know it's like Mm, so stupid you know but you know it the 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 stress was was very very real in those days yeah that was Mm -hmm. back when i was like 11 12 uh, uh, yeah. years old. So i was just confessing to like every stupid little thing to the point that's like why are you confessing this this is that's what is that that's nothing <laughs> like what mm, yeah. um so so that's a that's another big one like the yeah uh, I, yeah i mentioned harm ocd where they're terrified of like hurting people in their lives uh there's like other ocds where it's like uh people you know the intrusive thoughts of like Uh, we've heard before like you've probably heard this one too in movies where it's like if i don't do uh, this specific thing uh my mom will die you know yeah yeah uh so they they constantly make sure like they're doing that thing because they're afraid or they're afraid something bad will happen if they don't do it you know if they don't do this ritual or do this compulsion like something really horrible in the world is going to happen you know Mm -hmm. um And then there's a lot of taboo ones that people don't talk about, uh, which is really a shame because there's people suffering through it and they're, they're not able to kind of it because of what it is. It's so taboo that, you know, they're having a harder time getting support from people around them because people misunderstand. So there's like pedophilia OCD, which is not pedophilia. It's pedophilia OCD. It's the, the thoughts that they could be a pedophile you know right the intrusive thought is what if i am a pedophile even though Mm -hmm. they know they're not and they're not sexually attracted to kids there's that there's so much distress like like to the point that they're like i'm not even like uh, i can't see kids i can't look at like it uh, which is very distressful but they have a hard time opening up about that because immediate people like well if you if you have those thoughts obviously you are you know Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like but that's not how but then it, people who are like that, you're just feeding into their OCD because now they're going to be even more distressed. You know, mm. uh, there's yeah. people who have sexual orientation OCD, where uh, whether you're straight, gay, bisexual, like any type of sexual orientation, it's this intrusive thought that you are not the sexual orientation that you are you know mm. uh like a straight person who knows a straight it could be like what if i'm gay a gay person could be like what if i'm straight you know like it, yeah it's, it's but it's still intrusive thoughts that like they know it's not true they know they know what it is but the intrusive thoughts are like so strong that you know it's it's making them completely question their own identity right mm-hmm. uh and they have it Uh, with gender OCD as well. Like, what if I'm not a man? What if I'm not a woman? Even uh, there could be a trans person who has it. Who's like, Oh, like um, you know, I'm a trans male, but then the intrusive thoughts are like, but what if I'm not? You know, like what if I'm lying to myself or what if, so there's all these taboo ones that people don't talk about, which are very real and people are very distressed about uh, and other sexual ones too, you know, like, like could be sexual thoughts towards animals could just be like, just sexual thoughts, uh, like incestual thoughts, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but people don't open up about it because immediately the backlash they'll get. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people with sexual orientation OCD have been called homophobic, even though that's not what it is at all. You know, people with pedophilia OCD immediately being labeled as child molesters and, uh, you know, sexual predators. And it's like, that's not what it is at all. Like, it's not the same. It's not. They're not the same. Um, So a lot of these people, I think there's a conversation to be had to be more open about those categories of ocd because there's a lot of people suffering them and they're not getting the help they need uh which is very mm. unfortunate
1: so with that in mind uh where would you recommend like what are there any particular resources that you would and i guess we could put these in the uh maybe the descript the podcast yeah, description yeah. as well but um, what um kind of resources would you recommend
0: so the big one is the international ocd foundation mm-hmm. they they're
1: the big they're the
0: biggie one uh that is doing all the research they can raising funds uh you know to get uh, young uh, like teenagers to get the help they need uh they have mm. all the information they have podcasts they have they have like that's the big one like iocd uh then there's a ton of like instagram accounts there's a whole instagram community of ocd people uh, that all have variations of names like OCD project, uh, obsessively ever after OCD, uh, and me, you know, like they, they have all these like names like that. Uh, and mm. they're all great because they're all sharing content that it brings about OCD awareness. Uh, like, like I said, it's such a complicated disorder that right now, what we talked about, like we could talk, there's so much more we could talk about, you know, mm. and there's so much more and yeah, they, they, all tackled, they've tackled all the different like subsets of OCD, uh, the stigmas behind OCD, the uh, myths, they've been tackling myths behind OCD, uh, what OCD is, as much as they can, any like scientific stuff, like how like the brain functions and the neural pathways of how OCD works, um, right, like what it is, what OCD is not like they they, all these like Instagram accounts have been doing wonderful uh, posts that just bring about as much awareness as possible, uh, mm. and they're great. I love them, and it's it's nice having that little community, you know.
1: That's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh,
0: and I do want to say to uh, just for everyone listening, OCD is uh, not an adjective. Mm. Uh, that's a big one. OCD is not an adjective, uh, and there's nothing that pisses me off more when someone is like, "Oh, I'm just so OCD like that. Oh, I'm just OCD about things like that," because then you stop and you're like okay say that again but stretch it out and mm. now you have the person going oh i'm so obsessive compulsive disorder like that and you're like see how you sound stupid now <laughs> <laughs> like it's not an adjective and it really pisses me off when people use it as an adjective
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: it's a noun it's a debilitating disorder uh that you know affects the lives of the people who suffer from it uh it's you know it affects various aspects whether it's the social life private life work life like all these various aspects uh can be affected by it i feel very lucky that my work life has never been affected by my ocd like mm. i've always been able to go to work do my work and do everything but my social and private life have been very heavily affected
1: yeah by it. yeah
0: um and Yeah. And the more you use it as an adjective, the more it adds to the stigma and people Mm. don't take it seriously. And the more people be like, and, and the problem is because of that, every time I say I have OCD, people don't believe me. Right. They don't believe me. (laughs) And that's so frustrating. And it's like, uh, because they have such a preconditioned view And, and it's gotten to the point that like, when people say they have OCD, I don't, my first reaction is to not believe them because of mm-hmm. uh because of this perceived notion of what ocd is and yeah eight times out of 10 usually they don't have it usually it's like oh well mm-hmm. i like things neat and organized and it's like ah okay so you don't actually have it <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, well
1: i mean i hope we've done our i mean I'm, i hope we've done our small part to kind of dispel any <laughs> the la- the 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 pervasive misunderstandings around that. And uh, I want to thank you for doing this and for, for letting me be a part of it.
0: Uh, No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you for letting me uh, be able to do this and uh, helping me, uh, supporting me through this, man. Like, yeah, uh, of course. anytime. It it was really important for me. And since it was OCD awareness week this week, I, I wanted to make sure that I was given the opportunity to, to do my part, you know? Yeah. 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 And like, I didn't go into details about, like my life, uh, and you know, stuff I've gone through, uh, but my goal was really more to, you know, talk about just OCD and what it's like. Yeah. Um, and if I had final thoughts, you know, like OCD, it's hard to imagine what it's like, but imagine it like, um, a light that you can't turn off, you know, Mm. Uh, a, an itch you can't scratch. Uh, it's it's something that it just kind of lingers and sticks. And uh, imagine you were walking through your day and you had headphones on and you couldn't take these headphones off and it was just constantly telling you very distressing things, mm. you know. And you you had to go about your day normally, constantly listening to these things, you know. And every time you argue against it, it always has something to throw back. And the only way to make it quiet is to ignore it as much as possible. Not ign- mm-hmm. Sorry, not ignore it. Allow it to just be there. Yeah. You know, and accept it. The more you accept it there, the quieter it gets, uh, which is really, really hard to do, especially when it's really loud in your ears. You know, um, mm. I'm always happy to like talk about it and be open about it. If people ask questions about it, uh, I'm not shy uh, in talking about it. Uh, I have no reason to be um, Mm. because I'm not ashamed. Uh, And there's definitely like a lot of people out there who suffer that they like, and I've, I've had those moments too, in my life. I feel like I'm a crazy person and every day of my life, like if I can not have it, I would choose that, you know, Mm. I would choose to not have it every day of my life. Uh, I wish I was normal. I would. And when I say normal, I mean, normal in quotations. Like I wish I could go about my life without having to deal with this, but unfortunately, I do. And it's something I've, uh, now as uh, somebody who's almost 30, like I've learned to accept, uh, I've learned mm-hmm. to accept that this is a part of my life and this is something I'm going to live with. Um, and that's another thing people don't realize, like something like OCD, I'm going to have it th- my whole life. Yeah. Uh, there's no cure for it. Uh, all, I, I can't cure it. It will never go away. I will all, it will always be there, but all what I can do is learn to manage and control it. And, I've lived periods of my life where, like I said, it was locked up in the trunk in the back and basically wasn't affecting me at all. It's almost as if I didn't have it, you know what I mean? And I can get to that point in my life, but it's, there's going to be cycles in my life where I'll be going through periods where I have full control over it and I'm doing great and I live my life quote unquote normally, but there will mm-hmm. be periods of my life where it will relapse and uh, it'll come back, you know? Yeah. And I just got to learn to be prepared for that and be ready for it. And like I said, I've accepted that this is, that's how it is. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let it uh, bring me down, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, no, and it, it, you shouldn't. And I'm glad that it's, uh... Even just talking about it I think really helps to kind of I'm sure it must help to kind of uh to kind of I guess give you more power to give you more power to fight it and to to fight the compulsions and to just get it yeah to get it to a level a point where you can manage it or you can live with it for sure know? for sure well
0: sometimes when you say the intrusive thoughts out loud you realize how stupid they are mm-hmm
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I find that uh, I find that too. With even some of my anxious thoughts, like voicing them out loud, really kind of helps me to. It helps me to kind of realize to kind of rob them of their power and render them toothless. So well,
0: that's why a lot of uh, because there's also cognitive. I I didn't touch on that, but cognitive behavioral therapy, right, which also helps a lot with OCD. Which part of it is like I said before, I write down but i write down just the facts you know just just what triggered me factually and what is my thought and what's my interpretation of the thought it's just just the facts of the situation and then having written that down and then reading it gives you a better like oh okay this is obviously not nearly as bad as my mind's making it out to be like just just seeing it written down in a very factual way you know really it does help and it helps in rewiring your brain because now you're not um now you're not emotionally reacting to it anymore. Now it's all just pure fact base. Right. So. Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope we've done, uh, yeah, I I hope we've done all we can to kind of, uh, I hope we've done all we can to kind of dispel some of the dispel, some of the myths around it and, uh, to kind of, to, I guess make it easier to talk about some of the more difficult things about it. Um, I'm, I'm very happy that I got to be part of this conversation and uh, I hope it continues, you know, I hope sure, we man. can kind of um, refine our, refine our, understa- our understandings of it, even with our different perspectives on it as, as we, as, as we go on. And uh, yeah. yeah, once again, I'm very, I'm very happy. I got to be a part of this. Thank you so much. man. Thanks
0: man. No. And thank you. You're, you've, uh, you you've you've been a good friend and uh, not, not just a good friend. You've been the best friend, the best friend, You're the best <laughs> happy friend, to, happy to be there. And, and yeah. Happy I'm to help happy. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, and on that, uh, thank you everyone for tuning into this very special episode of Vichy and Bosco. Uh, this was very important for me and I'm happy you all took the time to listen to it. And yeah, um, you know, uh, stay tuned for another very special episode of Vishen Bosco, which will be happening in April uh, yeah. when we have Autism Awareness Month. And uh, this time we'll be switching seats and Vishesh
1: <laughs> will be
0: uh, taking the reins. And I'll be uh, in the hot seat.
1: Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking about it. his experiences uh, living with autism and what it's like to be an <laughs> autistic person. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, well, until next time, I'm Vishesh. I am Bosco. And this has been... A very special
0: episode of Vision Bosco. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. You. Bye. 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 Bye.